Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4 through 7. Paul says here, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I, uh, I, I woke up this morning and there's a, there was a, an old song going over in, in my mind. And that, that old song, uh, peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. And uh, I, I couldn't get that off my mind. And I, and I began to think about um, that this is, this is the time that this world needs peace. Amen. I just titled this lesson tonight, Wonderful Peace. I believe that most of us uh, have come to a place in our spiritual walk where we really do desire to please God. We want to do everything we can to please God. And I also believe it's time for us to uh, reach out and possess everything that God has for us. And I think sometimes we fall short. Uh, we don't get some of the things that God has for us just because we don't reach out and take them. Amen. When we receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost, Paul writes that uh, we should begin to bear fruit. There, there will be fruit born because of the, the power of the Holy Ghost that's inside of us. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 said, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Amen. Now I want to just, I, I want to... I'm not going to focus on all these tonight, but but uh, I, I'm God. Uh, in the midst of all of these gifts that He said come as a, or the fruits that come as a, a part of the Holy Ghost uh, is I I think it's an incredible blessing of peace. Amen. In our opening text, Paul speaks about the peace of God, and he says it passes understanding. Uh, it, it's it's amazing in the world that we live in today how much restlessness there is and how much um, hatred and bitterness there is in our world. Paul speaks here in, in, to, a, to a church that's in the middle of a very uh, evil world. You have to understand, too, that Paul was not writing in a... In, he was not living in a peaceful world. In fact, he was in a world that you gave, you gave your life for what we're living for now. Uh, you have that, I mean, you get that picture. Paul and, and many of the other uh, disciples, there were thousands and thousands of martyrs, people that gave their lives for the name of Jesus Christ and for the very message that we preach right now. And so sometimes we think, oh, our world is so bad. But let me tell you, we, they had it worse than we did. And in the midst of all of that, Paul can write about having peace in, in, in this world that we live in. The definition uh, of the word as it's used here means quietness or the, the, the definition of this word peace means quietness rest to set at one again um, and and I know that in the world we live today that that does not define our world uh, peace doesn't seem to exist in the world as as we see it today you look at what's going on around us there's so much fighting and disunity and hatred 
Um, you have factions of people. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a time in my life when there has been so much hatred and bitterness uh, against each other. You know, one thing you have to remember, we've got to, God didn't call, he, we become spiritual beings when we're born into the body of Christ, okay? And we separate from the world. I understand we still have to go on and live in this world, but uh, we're, not, we're not of this world. And so we have to remember that and we have to be focused upon uh, doing what we can for the kingdom of God. Um, but in the world that we live in, it's, it, I've never seen so much hatred against uh, groups of people and, and, and this group hating this group. And you just think back, and I, of course, I've been around a few years, and, and you think back, uh, we've had uh, politics in our world for a long time, but I've never seen so much hatred and, and di division uh, as we've seen in the last years, and it's becoming more intense as each year passes. Uh, I, I've never seen so much. There, there are families that are literally turning against each other. There are, there, are, there are parents against children and children against parents. And the Bible says this will happen in the last days. That's exactly what it says. But I really believe that in the midst of all of that, Paul talks about having peace. Amen. And, and he's not talking about a time when, when all of these other things would be gone and, and wiped away. He's not talking after, the, after God sets up his throne upon this earth. He's talking about while we're still here that we can have peace. You know, we, we, we look at all of this turmoil. We, honestly, parents send their children to school now in, in the day that we live in in fear of, that something may happen in that school before their children come home at night. Uh, sometimes it seems as if peace is the most elusive thing in the world. Everything in our world is happening at a frantic pace. And when, I, when, when Paul talks about peace, he's not talking about the kind of peace like, like our governments sit down and make treaties over. He's talking about a peace that's on the inside of us. He's not talking about something that you bargain about over a, a table uh, someplace and we'll give you this if you'll give us this and, and in turn we'll do this. That's not what Paul's talking about. Paul's talking about peace that lives on the inside of a person. And, and uh, it, you can be in the midst of turmoil and living in a world that's very chaotic and still have that on the inside. Amen. Everything in our world is happening at a very frantic pace. Uh, you know... I, I, as I was sitting at the table this morning and I was writing, I, I was thinking about how, how our, you know, our, it's just everything is so fast paced in the world that we live in today. And, um, you know, everything's in, you know, we're all in a hurry. Every, you've got to hurry up and go do this so that you can get out of there and go do this. And you wake up in the morning and there's so many things that have to be done. And it's very difficult for people to even have or even think about having peace because of that. And I'm talking about inner peace again. As I thought about that, I, 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 you know, I just had a humorous picture pop up in my mind. Have you ever seen those little gerbils and they get in those little wheels and they run and run and run and run? And they, but they never go anywhere. They just, they just run on that wheel and it never goes anywhere. And sometimes it almost seems like that's the world that we live in. Life seems unfair, and, and then sometimes it really is unfair. I mean, there, there are a lot of uh, things sometimes that seem very one-sided, uh, but it seems like we work so hard and so long, and, and then we, as the last of our accomplishments, fall to the ground, and we wonder, 
uh, how, how could I have peace? Is it possible in the world that we live in now to have peace? It sounds really good. Uh, you know, it sounds like a good message to preach, but is it possible to have peace? I believe the answer to that question lies right in the pages of this old book right here. I really believe that we can. Amen. I want to give you some good news. I believe not only we can we have peace, I believe as a child of God we should have peace. If the Bible says that it is a fruit of the Spirit and you are full of the Holy Ghost, I believe that every child of God should enter into a place of peace and rest in the, in, in the presence of the Lord. Amen. It does exist. Uh, listen again to, to our opening text as Paul un, unfolds some simple yet powerful truths here. He says in, in Philippians 4 and 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now, when, when, I, when you hear that word rejoice, uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of different ideas that come and in, pop into your mind about what that word means. And some mistakenly in the church, sometimes we define that word. When we talk about rejoicing, we talk about, you know, we think almost uh, it, like dancing and shouting and running and, uh, you know, uh, kind of a hilarious service, a kind of a, a, a upbeat, upscale service. But the word rejoice, as it's used here, literally does not mean that. Amen. It means calm, calmly happy or well off. It means to be glad, just calmly happy. Happy, just in the, in, in the state of mind that I am. You know, it's amazing to me when I read Paul's letters and in, in the epistles that Paul wrote to the various churches there. Uh, you, there's always an undertone in, in his letters. And it's not panic. It's not, it, he's not frantic or he's not worried. He's not afraid. Paul, at one point, Paul, in the midst of, of being a prisoner, he, he writes these words. I have learned in what, to be content in whatsoever state I am in. And he wasn't talking about a geographical state. But wherever, if I'm in this prison or if I'm on a shipwreck or wherever I happen to be, he said, I've learned how to be content in the midst of all of this. Amen. But there was this always underlying uh, presence there of, of, of contentment and peace with Paul. And he writes about this uh, quite readily. I mean, it's very easy for him to write about it because it's the how he lived. Amen. You come down to the end of Paul's life and he, he says, or he makes statements like this. He knows he's facing, he, he knows that he's facing uh, death. He knows that they're going to to, to at some point kill him. He knows that. It's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And so Paul, he, he says things like this, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He says to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Let me tell you something. In the midst of the darkest trial that you can go through, what Paul is telling us is, you can have peace. It's part of the gift to you. Amen. Amen. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's something powerful to have. Um, I, you know, I, I know that probably most of us in here have, have, have at one time or another found something so great it, it just makes your day. And I'm not talking about uh, something huge. It, 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 maybe it was just a, bar, a good bargain that you found. Or maybe somebody introduced you to a good place to eat. Or somebody 
you know, called you up and said, hey, I found such and such on sale and, and I know you've been looking for it. And so you go get it. I'm not talking about it. most of the time the, the, the things that really make us happy don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be earth shattering or shattering or they don't have to be spectacular. The things that really make us happy are just common everyday things, but they fit into our life. And uh, this is what Paul's talking about in, the, in this particular verse. Just be glad in the Lord. Rejoice. Be calm about your life. Don't worry about what's going to happen. He, said, he says, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I'm not anxious about it. I'm just going to go ahead and live my life. I'm going to be glad in my life in the Lord. Calm down. Take time to realize what you have in your relationship with God. I'll tell you something. If you just wake up in the morning and think about what God has given to you and what God's done for you, Think about where you were and where you are now. Now, I, I can tell you right now, probably if I ask the question, has anybody in here reached perfection yet? Uh, I don't know if anybody would raise your hand, but, uh, you know, I hope you don't because, I, the, you know, we haven't yet. But the, the beauty of it is we all know I'm better than I was before I served God. At whatever stage I'm in, I am better than I was before I served God. Even though maybe I'm going through some trials. Even though there may be some hardships going on around me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm facing financial difficulty or maybe there's some medical issues going on in my family. Maybe, you know, maybe some, you know, somebody in my family is, is, is going through a crisis right now or, or maybe I'm going through a crisis, but I know for a fact that I'm serving God and on the other side of this, everything's going to be okay. That's the kind of thing that Paul is talking about. Amen. Realize what kind of relationship and what you have in that relationship. Think about this with me, if you would, for a moment. What if you had to pay for your experience with God? I mean, just think about that. How much do you think it would cost to have this kind of a relationship? Amen. I mean, think about this. What about all the benefits that, that God gives to us? I mean, God gives us benefits. Think about all of that. What if you had to put a monetary value on what God has given to you and, 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 and the way He's blessed you? Um, the psalmist David writes this in the book of Psalms. He says in, in the 68th chapter in verse number 19, he said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. <laughs> Think about that. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Now, I don't know about you, but what, you know, when, when I think the, uh, the word loaded, when I think about that, I, I, I think about you know, something really extra special. If you go buy a car, you can buy the basic car. And, and now in, our, in, our, in, our, in the automobile industry, they build uh, levels of, of, of cars. They know that a particular car, uh, that you know, it's going to be a, a good seller in the market. But they know that not everybody can afford the high-end car. And so some people go in and they just buy what they can afford. I can only, I want the base model. Just how it comes, standard equipment, I just want the base model. But they make the base model and then they'll have sometimes two or three models in between. Same car, but they just add extras onto that car. And until you get to the top, you know, the... The, the, the best edition of that car that they have. And, and, they, and, and if you walk in and, into the sales department and, and you're looking at all these different models of that car and, and the salesman, you know, more than likely he's going to take you over. He'll show you a couple of the higher end ones and then he'll say, now this one over here is loaded. 
And you know what that means. It's got all the bells and whistles. It's got all the goodies. And, that's, and, and, the, and the salesman knows that he's going to make more money on that car. But you also know that if you buy that car, the resale value is probably going to be better on the base model. And so sometimes we fork out a little extra dough because we want the loaded model. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? Loaded. Uh, has anybody ever seen a loaded baked potato? <laughs> they say, do you, you go in a restaurant and you order one, you, they say, do you want that loaded? Yeah, bring everything you can pack in that potato. I want the loaded baked potato. Amen. David uses this word in that sense. It's, he said he daily loadeth us with benefits. Um, and, and, and he uses this in a way that conveys excess. That, that like every single day that he loads us. The, the word there, it, when I looked up the word, uh, the translation of this word, it means to impose a heavy burden, to overfill. So the, when, when he writes this, he says, God's going to just burden you down with so many good things, you just don't even know how to handle it all. Amen. Can you imagine the benefits that God has, has measured for you in, after this manner? That, that he would say in, in this sense, I'm giving you this every day. He daily loadeth us with benefits. Amen. It, it, it actually gives you the sense that God has more in store for us than we could possibly ever imagine. Amen. More than we could ever even tap into. What an amazing God. And he says this happens every day. Every day of my life, God is weighing me down with more and more. Giving me more blessings, more power, more anointing, more, more of his spirit, uh, you know, more promise. Amen. I'm getting closer to the, to the throne every single day. I'm getting closer to that city every single day. Amen. And, and so he, he talks about this. He said he loadeth us every day. And then he uses the word benefits. Um, he, he loads us with benefits. If, if, you, if you have a job in the job market now, uh, in, you know, you're working out there in the, in the world, you know that most jobs will offer you your base pay. And then, then they say, and then now we have benefits. We'll have health insurance or we'll have dental insurance or we have this or we have that. We have paid vacation. We have, you know, and they, these are the benefits. This just is part of uh, the package that you get because you work here. And, and so when David says this, he loads us every day. Every day. Not just, you, you, you see, the benefits are over and above the goodness of God. <laughs> he loads me every day with benefits. More than I deserve. More than I bargained for. More than I ever thought that I would get when I started serving God. My salvation experience. This is above and beyond the, getting the, the, the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Every day, He loads me with benefits. Praise God. Every day. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3 and verse 22, it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. 
The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke of his youth. He sitteth alone and keepeth silence because he hath borne it upon him. He putteth his mouth in the dust, if so be there may be hope. He giveth his cheek to him that smiteth him. He is full, uh, filled full with reproach. For the Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, yet he will have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. Amen. It, it, it seems like every time I, I read another passage of scripture here in this lesson, it's, it's talking about excesses of things that God does for us. And here he talks about the multitude of his mercies. He's got so much mercy. It's just, it's like a crowd, an, an innumerable crowd of mercy that, that, that moves in upon us in our lives. And, and so he says, your, your, your blessings, your faithfulness, your goodness, he said, your compassion, they fail not. They are new every single morning. And then he just, he sums it up in this, in these words. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Man. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 4 in, the, in verse number 5. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. The word moderation there means gentleness or self-control. Um, you say, well, what does that have to do with peace? Well, let me point that out to you. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, Paul says this, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. I, I, I believe that in order for us to really have true peace, we've got to learn how to control ourselves. Self-control is imperative. We've got to learn how to take uh, control of ourselves. It's difficult to ever reach any level of peace when you're not able to exercise control over self. Amen. The worst kind of problem is a person that will not control themselves. That they just, that they just let their emotions control them or run them. And, and they never learn how to control themselves. People like that all, always seem to uh, keep things stirred up around them. They're always... You know, everything's in turmoil around them. It, it follows them wherever they go. I heard I, somebody said one time, and, and, and this, this is really a, a powerful statement, but it, it, they just said this, if you constantly find yourself in the middle of a problem, maybe you're the problem. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, there, there, there's that, that feeling that there's always something going on that, you know, Woe is me. Poor me. I, you know something? Sometimes we got to stop focusing on self. I, if you focus enough upon yourself, you'll find a lot of things to be uh, glum about. Amen. If you focus on your, on your situation long enough, you'll find something to be depressed about or something to be despondent about. We need to step out of that and let God be, be God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's, it's important and it's imperative that, that, that we understand this, that it's not, the focus is not on me, it's on Him. Amen. It, it's not the will of God to always be in turmoil. The will of God is for us to be filled with His Spirit, filled with the power of God. And if we're filled with the Holy Ghost, if we're really truly filled with the Holy Ghost, we will exercise the fruits of the Spirit. Now, I'm talking about the, the fruit of peace right now. But all of those things will be evident in our life. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, may, faith, meekness, temperance. 
Amen. Those will all be evident in our life when we're, when we're full of the Holy Ghost. And when we're, when we're not active in the Holy Ghost, when we're not actively seeking God, when we're not actively praying, when we're not actively fasting and reading the Word of God and studying and, and, and emphasizing God in our lives, I'm telling you, our lives are going to be in an upheaval and everything is wrong. Everybody is wrong. Everything around us is wrong. Amen. We've got to understand that God wants us to live in a state of peace. Amen. He wants us to be there. That's, he gave that to us as a gift. He imparted that to us when He filled us with the Holy Ghost. That's not something that you have to go looking for. If you really got the Holy Ghost, you have it. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul's simply stating here in the fifth verse that people around you need to be able to notice that you have peace. That you don't have to tell them, Oh, I have great peace. They, they can just tell it by your actions. Amen. Uh, let the peace that is in you be so pronounced that everybody around you sees that. You are a peaceable person. You uh, put others ahead of yourself. You put the needs of others ahead of yourself. Amen. That doesn't mean that you should go around making a flashy display about it and telling everybody, oh, I'm just this most peaceful person. I'm just so peaceful. I just live in a state of uh, abject peace all the time. No. It just means that peace should be such a strong characteristic uh, of your spiritual life that it's very easily visible to everybody around you. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this. If it's not, then you need to find a place to pray through until it, until it is. Amen. Because that's, it is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. The devil will try to provoke us. I mean, constantly the devil's always poking and prodding at us and trying, he's trying to find a place where he can get you upset. And he's trying to, all, the devil's always trying to, you know, if he, can, if he can get you upset, then he can turn that into wrath and anger and, and, and then finally bitterness. And, and the Bible says, be, beware that, a, that lest a, a root of bitterness springing up in you defile you. Amen. You need to be so very careful because the devil is always out there to provoke us and to prod us into doing something foolish. Amen. And messing up in our walk with God. God's will is that we live in, the, in a state of, of, of peacefulness with everybody around us. Amen. In the world that we live in, your neighbors may not be on the same plane you are spiritually. But you know what? You need to love those people. And I'm talking about your actual neighbor, the person that lives in the, across the fence from you. You say, well, I don't, you don't know my neighbors. No, but Jesus does, and he loves them. Boy, it got quiet. Amen. It, it, it's, it's a part of who we are. It's his greatest desire that we would not react foolishly to pressure, the pressure of the world and the pressure of, of the things that are coming against us constantly. I can tell you this. There will always be opportunities. Uh, they, they'll make themselves available to test the peace that you possess. And, and it will try to, to see how you will react or act in those particular moments of of pressure and, and, and provocation. Amen. I learned something a long time ago. People are not my enemy. The devil is. Amen. You need to understand that. You say, well, you don't... My, you, I've got some enemies. No, the devil is your enemy. He will instigate people to provoke you and to antagonize and annoy you. 
But let me tell you who, who your real, real enemy is. It's, it's the devil. Because the Bible said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen? I'm in the book. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and against powers and against spiritual darkness. Amen. So when that enemy comes against you to provoke you and, and cause you to lose your, 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 your place of peace and cause you to lose that, that, that fruit of the Spirit that God so desperately wants you to manifest, when he comes against you, you need to understand this is not coming from a person. This is coming from the devil, and I need to fight that with everything in me. Amen. So you need you need to you need to put everything in your in your uh, in your being into this into fighting against the the spirit that would try to destroy that in you. If you really do have the peace of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to tell everybody. I can tell you this: they'll see it in the evidence in the way that you live. It's it will be evidenced in your life. Amen. So I, I, I believe that in, in that kind of a, a place where the devil is provoking us and where the devil's constantly trying to annoy us or cause us to react, just we need to learn how to restrain ourselves. And we need to learn how to turn our faces back to God and say, the Lord is my strength. Amen. I'm going to turn to him. Amen. And then in verse 6, Paul says this, be careful for nothing. The word careful there means anxious. Don't let anxiety control you. Amen. That's not the will of God. He said, be careful or be anxious for nothing. Don't, don't constantly... You need to stop worrying about everything that's going on in the world. i tell you something. I, uh, you know, I, I, I want just enough... I, I want just right now in, in, in our world, I want just enough news to know what's going on. If, you're, if you let the devil talk in your ear, you'll worry yourself sick over what's going on in our world. I mean, you can't even hardly turn on the, the new news media now without hearing something about uh, this dreaded disease, this coronavirus going around our world. And it's going to, you know, they're, now they're saying it's going to, you know, here, here's, here's the thing. Everything in our world is in God's hands. The Bible said, and I talked about this a little bit last night, the Bible said that in the end time that there, there would be pestilences and diseases around our world. That's what it says. It's Scripture. The Bible says this is going to happen. All it makes me know is that the Lord Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. It's just another sign of the coming of the Lord to me. And we can, you can lay in your house and worry about it from now until Jesus comes. But I'll tell you what, you need to just live in a state of peace. I don't believe we should be foolish and just go around and do silly things to, to expose ourselves to viruses and diseases and bacteria. But I also don't believe we ought to just lay around or sit around and sequester ourselves in a corner someplace and worry all the time. I believe that it's the peace of God that brings us to a place of constant peace and a place where we can rest in the Lord. Amen. The psalmist says in Psalm, Isaiah, or I'm sorry, Isaiah said in 26 and 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. And he didn't stop there. He said, because he trusteth in thee. If you, if you in a spiritual sense, if you're living in a state of confusion and turmoil, then you're not putting your trust in God from believing that God is in control and that everything's going to be all right as long as God is in control. Amen. 
he, he said, I, he will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him or if you trust in the Lord. Amen. It, it all comes back to the element of trust. Um, I, the question that is obvious here is how much do we trust God? Do we really, do we trust God? Do we trust God to take care of, uh, of the, the circumstances that are going on in your world right now? The, uh, the crisis that you may be facing or, or whatever happens to be going on in your world right now. Do you trust God enough to, to put that in his hands and, and allow him to handle it? Amen. Uh, Proverbs 3 and 5 said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. and Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Amen. Trust in God with everything in you. Put all your confidence and your trust in God. Amen. Don't worry about it. He said don't lean on, on your own understanding because if we lean on, if that's logic. That's, that, that's what we think makes sense. And, and if you lean on your own understanding, you'll never see your way through this. But I promise you this, if you'll lean on the Lord, trust on the Lord, everything will be all right. Paul then went ahead to say in verse 6, But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In other words, pray and let God know what your worries and problems are, and then leave it in His hands. If we skip down to verses 7 through 9 of this chapter, we can see the rest of the story. Philippians 4 and 7 says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding. Think about that. The peace of God that passeth understanding. You can't, it doesn't make sense in the world that we live in to have that kind of peace or that kind of confidence or trust in a God that you've never seen with your eyes. But he says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then he says in verse number 8, Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. Those things which you have heard, uh, or which those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. I like what he says there in verse number 8. You know, sometimes we focus on so many negative things in our, in our lives that the, the, the peace of God can't move in because we're, we fill our minds up with negativity. We fill our minds up with all of the, the terrible things that could possibly happen and, and this could happen or maybe this would, you know, the, the banks, you know, the, the stock market just dropped a thousand points and this happened and that happened and we just worry ourselves to death over those things. He said, that's, he said whatever things are good, or whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report. Think on these things. Fill your mind with the positive things of God. What are the promises of God? He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said, I'm going to be, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteous, righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. See, you see, what the devil wants us to do is take our attention off of God 
and put it on these things that are going on around us in our world, in our political system, in, in, in the medical field, in, in, in the financial markets. That's where the devil wants us to put our focus, but that's not where God wants us to put our focus. That's not what's going to save me anyhow. Amen. At the end of the day, I have no control over, you can't control what, what's happening in the stock market. Can you? We have no control over that. But I have control over what's going on in here. I have no control over whether the virus is going to spread in the United States or not. But I have control over what's going on in here. I have no control over the political system of my world that I live in right now. But I do know I have control over what's going on in here. Focusing on the things of this world in there. At some point in, in the future, the stock market's going to crash. This, the, the diseases are going to run rampant in our world. Uh, the political unrest is going to uh, turn this world upside down. I promise you that. That's what the Bible says. But those that have put their trust in God. Daniel said it clear back in the Old Testament. He said, he said those that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Amen. So what are you putting your confidence in? Amen. I learned a long time ago, the things that are around us here that everybody else puts their confidence in, that's not what's going to save me. It's not going to make me better. Amen. It's not. Money, markets rise and they fall. Political systems come and go. Every four years, we change uh, uh, political officers in, in, our, in our, our politicians change. That, that's been happening for decades of time. Disease has come. I remember it was just a few years ago, I think it was in 2016, when we, they, the, this Ebola uh, virus was just raging across the, the world, and, and we were all going to die from it. Here we are. Four years later, we're still alive. You see, here's the, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get your focus off, off the things uh, of God and on the things of the world. Amen. We need to focus solely on God. Solely on God. Amen. Amen. He said, pray. Let God, give God your worries. Give God your problems. Amen. Let God handle it. Amen. And, and, and think on the, the good things of God. Think on the things that are positive and the things that are of good report. And let God handle the rest of the things. Amen. We need to understand this. Far too often we fail to find peace because we're not walking where God is. We, we walk in, in places where God doesn't dwell. Uh, amen. He's, he's, not, he's not the God of this world. He is, he's the God of all humanity. But He's not the God of this world. In fact, in the, in the Scriptures, when He talks about the God of this world, it's a little g. Notice that. And He talks about... And he, he's referring to the, de the devil and he calls him the God of this world or gods. He talks about the demons, the gods of this world. I'm not following the gods of this world. I'm following the one true God. And he's, his kingdom is not based upon a, a, a political system. It's not based upon an economic market. It's not based upon anything here that's temporal and, and that can fade away. His, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Amen. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. In other words, it's not temporal things, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You want the peace of God? Enter into the kingdom of God. Surround yourself with the things of God. I can tell you right now, you'll be, you'll be disappointed if you surround yourself with the things of this world. 
But if you'll surround yourself with the things of God, if you're finding yourself in constant turmoil, in a constant state of, uh, of being upset all the time, then look at where your feet are walking. Look at what you're surrounding yourself with. Study where, where, you, where you put your trust and your confidence. Amen. Look at the things that you've, that you've invested yourself and your time into and see, is this going to bring me peace? Amen. Because it's not those things that, that this world has that are going to bring, bring peace. Amen. So why is it that so many people outside of our, of our churches, I'm talking about Christians, why is it so many Christians still lack peace? The answer is very simple. We focus our attention on temporal things, on people and what people think. We're afraid of what people think about us. We, we constantly worry about how, how we are perceived. and how, You know something? If God is pleased with you, that's really what matters. And that's really what matters. I'm not saying that you ought to go around and just try to make everybody else dislike you. But I'm telling you this. If God's pleased with you, that's really what matters. We focus our attention on possessions. And we know that possessions can, can vanish just like that. Amen. They can vanish fast. We, we, we focus our attention on, on successes and in worldly things. Uh, when I talk about successes, I'm talking about the things of the world. Successes as far as monetary things or homes or cars or positions or all of those. And that's not where real true peace is at. We focus inwardly on our own selves. We focus on, on, on our ambitions, our selfishness, the things that make me happy, the things that make me uh, pleased with myself. Amen. We lose our peace of mind and then emotional turmoil sets in and we find that we're on a downward spiral. We find, find ourselves engaged in a battle of wills with God and finally our minds and our bodies receive the full brunt of all this mental and spiritual stress and it hits us with all of its fury and Someplace along the line, we wonder, what in the world happened to my walk with God? Where, where did I lose my walk with God? What happened to me? The problem of it is we're focusing on all the wrong things. Amen. We have to stop. We have to, we have to come to the place where we just stop in our tracks. In the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of all the frustration, we need to turn our eyes back to the cross, back to Jesus Christ and focus upon Him. It's only there that we will see the manifestation of God's love for us. And it's at the place of repentance and cleansing that we can enter into a quiet realm of peace and settle down and be calm in the presence of God. And then we can know when we come back to that altar, we come back to that place of prayer, we come back to that place of self-sacrifice. It's there that we find what Paul's talking about and we can find that peace that passes understanding, a peace that doesn't cease to exist. Amen. It's really simple. Very simple. Amen. The, 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 the steps to that are very simple. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Pray through. I, I encourage people, pray through. Pray every single day. Read your Bible every day. Stop worrying yourself to death over somebody else's petty opinion and how they might feel about you. Amen. Amen. You, you need to focus on what God thinks about you. And if you, can, if you can look inwardly every day and say, God, are you pleased with me? David said it. David said it all the time. He said, search me, O God. Know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. Try me and see if there's something going on inside of me that shouldn't be going on. David constantly sought to, to please God. He wanted to know that God was pleased with him. Amen. Quit doing what, what you know is wrong and start doing everything that, that you know you should be doing 
And I promise you this, you will find peace because it's a part of the Holy Ghost. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's what God expects you to have. Amen. And then finally, again, I just want to read this in closing in Isaiah 26 and 3. Isaiah said again, and I already read it, but he said, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Amen. Stand with me tonight. I know without a doubt that if we will live according to the word of God, if we will take the, 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 the principles of this book and apply them in our life, if, if, you will take, if you'll stay prayed up and on fire for God and stop letting the devil tell you all of the negative things that he wants to tell you. Stop, don't feed your mind on garbage. Feed your mind on the things of God. What I, what I read to you tonight out of there, whatever things are good and lovely and all of those things, think on those things. Don't, if, if something starts to depress you, it's probably not good for you. Get rid of it. Amen. And then feed yourself on the things of God, the preciousness of God's word and the power of God. Stay prayed up, full of the Holy Ghost, living for God. Amen. And I promise you this, if you'll do that, you will find the peace of God because it is a product of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want us to pray as we close tonight. I don't believe, I, I, I really believe that in the world that we live in right now, that the devil is using all of these negative things that's going on in the world to try to scare the church, to try to scare the people of God. He, he, wants to, he wants to destroy the peace that we have. I really believe that in the midst of all the stuff that's... And it seems like everything is compounding. It, you know, we've got all kinds of political unrest, and we've got all kinds of... Uh, you know, now the financial markets are, 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 are taking a dive because of the coronavirus. And this is... It's just like one thing compounds on another. And the devil's using all this stuff, and he's saying, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? Yeah, what about that? You know what it tells me? Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back for his church. Amen. That's not depressing me a bit. It gives me something to rejoice about. So let tonight that God will keep our minds. Keep our minds. Amen. Amen. Keep our minds from the enemy. And keep our minds from the, from the, the, the weariness of this world. And keep our minds safe from the, from the, the, the uh, attack, the constant attack of the enemy. And let us have the peace of God that passes understanding in our minds.